Welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries, the podcast where the truth will set you so free that you don't even have to apologize for all those lies you told. <laughs> Book number 30, Jealous Lies. Someone doesn't want Jean and Pi Beta Alpha. Her best friend, Sandra. Hi, welcome to Sweet Valley Diaries. I am your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and with me today is Sherelle Solomon. Yes. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm so, actually, I said that very seriously, but I'm so <laughs> thrilled to have you here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. One reason why I it's especially cool to have you here is that it is book 30, which is actually the season finale of season three, and that's exciting. Uh, so we're going to take a break after this, and that's exciting for me, because yeah. uh, <laughs> it's been a long road. <laughs> yeah. The grueling, uh, the grueling task of, of creating and editing yes. this podcast. Yes. No, it's, it's the love of my life, but <laughs> getting guests, you know, it's stressful. And all those books, I get, I'll have some time to read something beside, uh, Sweet I know, Valley right? novels. A teen drama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also really exciting because I understand that this was not your first Sweet Valley High novel. No, I... I think actually I had like, maybe not the whole series, but I had stacks of the books when I was growing up, probably like elementary school, maybe like middle school. Yeah. Yeah. That I, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the books say on the inside cover ages 12 and up. Yeah. And often on this show, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe 12 year olds are reading I know, this. I know. <laughs> but at the same time, they're not really, it's not like they're for high schoolers. Once you're in high school, you don't want to deal with this bullshit. I know. I think that if I was in high school reading, I would have been like, this is ridiculous. But I remember like being, because I'm from the East Coast. Okay. Right. And I had like very immigrant, very black parents. So like reading these books growing up and hearing about these perfectly tanned, like 16 year old kids and having their parents let them do whatever they wanted. It was like, a whole different world. (laughs) That's so so interesting. You know, one of the reasons, something that connected the dots for me where I had this like aha moment that I wanted to do Sweet Valley Diaries, which was a blog for a long time as a podcast, Mm -hmm. was actually reading a chapter in Roxanne Gay's Bad Feminist about reading Sweet Valley High. And kind of the same thing. And her parents were also immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I she definitely described that. It's just interesting. (laughs) Um, I think for me, my I mean, parents are not immigrants, and my grandparents weren't immigrants, but I, I don't think my great-grandparents even were immigrants. <laughs> um, I should probably know, but see, the fact I don't know, so right. lucky me. Anyway, or I don't know, I would kind of like to know that. <laughs> anyway, so at some point, people came over here from my family, I'm but sure, the yeah. point <laughs> is that I also had always, growing up in the Midwest, mm-hmm. had a kind of, like, westward gaze like right. the so i think that was definitely the appeal to me as well yeah uh of the i read about i read the younger kids books the sweet valley twins oh oh i didn't even know they existed well actually in the back <laughs> of jealous lies okay there is an advertisement for sweet valley twins Shush. so it just happened whenever this book came out which is the first edition yeah so 1986 okay. so only a few years after the series started um Actually, let me, I'll read this if you don't mind. It says, Sweet Valley Twins, tell your kid's sister, your sister's friends, and your friend's sisters. (laughs) Now they can all read about Jessica and Elizabeth and Sweet Valley Twins, a brand new series written just for them. (laughs) So that was me. I don't know who told me about the books. I don't think it was my, I don't have any sisters. I'm an only child, but... Maybe that was part of the appeal, too. Like, oh, what if I had a twin? Right. I wonder, too, because, like, I I remember just kind of always wanting to be in California. 
Yeah. Always. And I'm wondering if maybe that started with these books. And now here we are. I know. In California. <laughs> I know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, were you, we're like, I'm like so off topic right now, but <laughs> were you really interested in like movie stars and what was happening in TV or TV stars? That's everybody though, I think right? So when I was younger, I was like real like hyped up. And even when I first got to, uh, because I was in San Diego first, when I first got to LA, whenever I'd meet somebody or I would really be like super hype. <laughs> like I would lose my mind. <laughs> now these days I'm kind of just like, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But I really was yeah. swept up in it. <laughs> That's probably a good, uh, co- like almost like a life coping strategy yeah. in LA to not get too freaked out every right. time you see somebody. <laughs> right. Um, I saw, have you been watching Fleabag? By any chance? Oh my god, I love that show. I saw Brett Gelman walking down the street who plays the bad husband. <gasps> Shush! Yeah. <Okay. laughs> I saw him walking down the street at Silver Lake, um, like, really trying hard not to make eye contact with anybody <laughs> the other day. I don't think I'd want to. He's like, it's sometimes when you see people in these shows, just kind of just like, ugh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually a funny example, too, because he plays such a ski. I in know. That show. It's just like, whatever, I'm good. Yeah, he's like, just like, abusive to uh, every, yes. every person he meets. Oh, I'm so, it's over. It's such a good show, though. Yeah, I haven't yeah. watched season two yet, oh, actually, okay. <laughs> so I know what happens, kind of. Oh, that's, that's upsetting. Well, it's not, no spoilers. I just know some plot stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Fleabag. Yeah. Uh, um, Amazon has not paid me for this endorsement. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Well, um, and oh, also, so I understand that this might not even be the first time you read John's no. Lies. No, actually, I I really, really, truly think I've read every single book that I had Probably twice. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is, you know, book number 30, we're really pretty early on in yeah. the series. This yeah. book series went on and on and yes. on. That's one of the first questions people ask me when I when I tell them that I'm on whatever number book I'm on. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, how many books are there? And people are expecting the answer to be 10, I think. Yeah, no, I don't even know. It's, I'm not, it's over 100 and It's got to be. I, I don't know that I've read them all, actually. I can't, I know plots. I don't know numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I've only read, I've actually only read uh, Gladiators, we call our listeners here, as Mm -hmm. of uh, a few episodes ago, we started (laughs) calling them Gladiators, which is the team of the Sweet Valley High. Okay. Uh, Gladiators may not be aware of this, but I myself have only read up to book 50. Gasp. I know. (laughs) Which I'm so excited for a couple seasons from now. It's going to be brand new for me. We're learning together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But me as the so-called expert, that is something that I do not, I am not an expert in anything that happens after book 50, (laughs) which is a really pretty interesting book. Um, But this is an interesting book too, I grudgingly admit. Yeah, they're all, this is what I love. I don't know if you ever heard of Joanne the Scammer. Yeah. But um, this, I live for the drama. Like, <laughs> I live for it. It's just so ridiculous. It's just like that 16-year-old oh, this... drama, and I love it. Oh, and this one is drama central. Yes. <laughs> like, I was thinking that, so a lot of the books in this series could be called Jealous Lies. Yes. <laughs> but in this book, like, every plot line is about Jealous Lies. Yeah. Even the B story is about yes. it. Both yes. sides of the A story yes. are about yes. it. Yes. So let's talk about the characters. And we're going to have to explain a little bit because we can talk about the cover and that'll actually help, right. I think. Yeah. We've got two girls. Who the hell are these people? Right. <laughs> <laughs> One looks like super haughty. Um, the um, the yeah, blonde haired girl. Right. Doesn't she look hot as hell? No, not like also hot. Yeah. 
um, which is weird. Oh, haughty. Haughty. Like, she looks looks like... Um, H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. Yeah. Haughty. But also, she's a haughty, too. But in the book, she they, they make her seem so frumpy. I was so... Right? I actually... I didn't realize until today it suddenly clicked. I mean, I'm sure I realized this before mm-hmm. in the past. But mm-hmm. in this read-through, I was like, oh, my gosh. The girl in front, the blonde girl yeah. in the pink PBA jacket right. is Sandra Bacon. Exactly. She's got to be because right. she's in PBA. Right. Uh, Pi Beta Alpha. Yes. Um, a hot topic from the entire run of the series because right. everybody always says, why is there a sorority in a high school? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Never understood that. But then it becomes just like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, that's how I'm there, too. Yeah. Every time people bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about your high that. school have that? <laughs> yeah. And then there's this girl behind her who, I don't know, who does she look like? She is brunette. Mm-hmm. She's got a cute yellow sweater on. But she looks like she's about 12. Yeah, she looks very young. Or I guess I should say, she looks 12 compared to this woman standing next to her. Right. And compared to, normally the people on these covers look so like old. Like very older. Yeah. But very much older. But even in the books, though, they kind of describe her as like this very like uh, wayfish looking. That's true. You know, so very like clear features, very innocent. Yeah, she's got green eyes. It. Yeah, so. So many people have green eyes in I these know. books. This, Maybe that's this just one... a, ca- a characteristic of LA or <laughs> wherever they're from. And, in Sweet Valley. In Sweet Valley. Ooh, um, something in the water. Right. Yeah, because all these people green Maybe or all rich eyes. people have green eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a lot of them are rich. We yeah. haven't seen a non-rich person for several Mostly, books now. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so but that's... she looks kind of scared, like, not scared, but, like, really apprehensive. Yeah, the dynamic of these two girls is yeah. that the girl standing in front in the pink jacket, very pink ladies yes. uh, of Greece fame, has her arms folded. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she looks kind of like Kristen Wiig to me. Yes. With bangs. Yes. And she's staring angrily at the camera. It's very superior. Yeah. Yeah. But that is not how this person... Sandra Bacon feels. Not at all. No, she feels very, like, in Jean's shadow. Yeah, so Jean West is her best friend. They're, like, sisters. Right. They both have brothers, I think, but... Or Sandra Bacon, an only child. However, whichever it is, they don't have any sisters, but they're like sisters to each other. Actually, I think they're both only children. Oh, yeah, no, no, they're like sisters to each other. That's true. Yeah, and... They wear colorful sweatpants and right. watch TV together all the time and, yeah. and gab the night away. Right. It's very like, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, Jeannie looks very apprehensive. And I think we'll interchangeably, they both have nickname names. Sandra. Jeannie and. Jeannie and Sandy. Sandy, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's they're, they're both pretty girls. I mean, that's the, the crux of this book. Mm-hmm. Doesn't jive with the cover <laughs> at all, right? I wonder if the cover is just like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but kind of like in that crucial moment when they kind of realize, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, this is what's really going down. Yeah. yeah. So the setup of the book, like the, the basic problem of the book is coming from Sandy. Right. One place where listeners will remember these characters is anytime we've done the rundown of the Sweet Valley High cheerleaders. Okay. Because Jean West is a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She's great. Sandy Bacon is the cheerleader that got onto the squad because the cheerleading squad was trying to keep Annie Whitman off of the squad. Okay. Annie Whitman goes on to try to kill herself in what is one of the most batshit crazy books <laughs> in the entire series. And the one that, like, sparked my interest in okay. Sweet Valley High as an adult. Hmm. Yeah, so she's bad. She's like a bad cheerleader. Okay. I say that. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but she's like maybe didn't deserve to get on the cheerleader right. squad and she knows it. Like a diversity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the blonde, yeah. the blonde, uh, like, oh, but so so let's describe, I actually have a 
Early on in the book, we hear this from Sandra. This is on page eight. She knew she looked okay, as she always did. Okay, the perfect word to describe her, Sandra thought. Average height, average build, average grades. Sandra looked at the pretty, chattering, self-confident girls around her. I've got to be the most average girl in this room. She didn't mean to put herself down. She felt she was just being honest. The way Sandra saw it, she was the sort of girl people liked but never really remembered. Usually people met her with a group and didn't pay that much attention to her, especially not when she was with Jean. Jean West had been Sandra's best friend for as long as she could remember. They had grown up together, sharing absolutely everything. Records, games, clothes. Jeannie had two brothers, and Sandra had three, but neither had a sister. And that was what they'd been like to each other for years and years. Sisters. But Sandra was getting sick of living in Jean's shadow. The trouble with doing everything with Jean West was that Jean was spectacular at every single thing she did. Put spectacular next to average... And average looked a whole lot worse. Right. And it goes on from there to talk about how when Sandra gets B's, Jean gets A's. Right. When and they said something like Sandra has to try extra hard at the routines, and it kind of just seems like Jean just kind of like flourishes no yeah. matter what she does. There's a scene in the book when they're at like water ballet, <laughs> yeah, right? Which is a, a girls only class. Such a and, weird. <laughs> yeah, and it's like every thought that goes through Sandra's head in re- relationship to Jean is jealousy. Right. She th- notices that. Well, Jean looks great in a black tank swimsuit. Anybody else would look terrible in that. Right. You know, oh, look how easily Jean does the underwater somersaults. Right. I have to really struggle with that. You know what's weird is, and I know that the emphasis of this book is obviously on Sandra and Jean. It's just like, have you noticed in the other 29 books that anything was leading up to this level of jealousy between Sandra and Jean? No, but that's mostly because we don't know anything about these characters. Right. Like, so they it's were, like all of a sudden it's like this really intense, like, I can't stand. Yeah. And yeah. like, what do we think about these girls? It's like, I, <laughs> it's so, it's like the book tries by giving us the, their inner monologue for us to understand their perspective. And right. I can get feeling jealous of your best friend. Right. I can get feeling average. Mm-hmm. That's like a very relatable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the thing, even adult women talk about, like, hanging out with your right. friends that are not as pretty yeah, as you. Like, you're the duff. Like, I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, that is totally what's happening. Right. Jean is feeling like, a, or not Jean, Sandy Sandra, is feeling yeah. like a real duff here. Yeah. Or, but what that leads her to do is just, yeah. I don't feel sympathy for her anymore. No, but I'm trying to think of it as, like, a 16-year-old. Yeah. So, we'll, <laughs> we should say what okay. it is. That she, so, the one thing that Sandy has is that... She is in Pi Beta Alpha, and Jean is not. Right. It's pledge season, which is super weird, because we've already had pledge season. It was about 16 (laughs) books ago, and they talk about how that happened, but they don't talk about, like, what time of year it was, anything like that. But that's... We gotta get used to it. We gotta settle in. It's right. gonna be perpetual time repeating itself yeah. forever. Right. So I guess everybody thinks that Sandy. Yeah, gonna... somebody has to nominate Jeannie. Yeah. So obviously Sandy is the choice right. to do it. And in fact, everyone, like all the other cheerleaders, except from Robin, are in PBA. Right. So I think so. It's like, why wouldn't you? Even like, there's a new girl, Amy Sutton. Right. She yes. is gonna be in PBA too. Like, mm-hmm. so. It's just only natural mm-hmm. that Jean should be on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sandy is, like, bound and determined that Jean not get into PVA. Right. I thought that what was going to happen was that Sandy would nominate Jean and then secretly blackball Jean. Right. Which is a thing that right. you can do. Yes. Did That's happened that? before, right? That's what happened to Robin. Yeah, she got okay. blackballed. Yeah. It was a scandal. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Um, I don't know why these girls just don't nominate people that they don't <laughs> want to have in the club, but uh, but that's not what she did. She goes ahead and nominates Jean because well, the thing is that she, if she didn't nominate Jean, somebody was going to nominate that's true. Jean. So it's like, and she knew it would look bad, right? Because like, well, why aren't you nominating your best friend, right? But then they have these challenges, I guess, like any pledge, like would. hazing, yeah, right, yeah, just like at a college, right. Um, or like I understand happens. Right, in college, I wouldn't know. I think, I think it's not supposed to, <laughs> but like less deathly. <laughs> yeah, it's not deathly. It's all just setting people up for terrible embarrassment. <laughs> well, there's a lot of weird, embarrassing things that potentially embarrassing things that happen here. Right. Basically, Sandy just thinks that she is going to make sure that Jean doesn't get through the challenges. Right. And. I kind of thought there were going to be a lot of challenges, but there's really no, just the just one. It's basically just the one thing, and it's it involves a guy. Yeah, so <laughs> Carol Walker's having a party for all the PBAs. Right. right. And the girls choose who the different um, pledges have to invite, what right. boy they have to invite right. to the party. And if they they have to bring that boy to right. the party, they have to get him to agree to go. Right. And that's the first part of the challenge, getting yeah. him to get there. Yeah. Right. And so... That's Enter... Enter Tom McKay. Enter Tom McKay. Who, which is what was really interesting. I was like, they don't, which I didn't really understand. So maybe you can explain it to me. So Tom McKay and Jeannie, there was some friction there at the beginning, right? Yeah. So he was like, obviously kind of like put off by her. And so Sandy was like, oh, this is great. He's going to want nothing to do with Jeannie. So it's going to be hard for her to... Right? Yeah. But what was that tension? Like, <laughs> so a little bit later in the book, so we hear that from Winston Egbert of all people. Okay. He's like, oh, I heard Tom McKay was really angry at Jean right. earlier. <laughs> he said she really snubbed her. Oh, but, okay. But we find out a little bit later that Tom has had a secret crush on Jean for a long time. Okay. And that also that Tom is a very sensitive soul. Hmm. Now, who was with Jessica? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So let's let's uh, take a look at that because I think this is interesting. Now, Tom McKay has long in these books long been described as like more interested in sports right. than girls, kind of outgoing, and yeah, yeah. But like also specifically, the book says often that he is just not that into girls, right? Which I have really you know clung on to yeah, yeah. because this just books are so hetero- heteronormative that right. I'm like, okay, well, yeah. we'll let Tom not be into girls. Right. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah, and so. I was thinking about that when Tom is introduced. I mean, he sounds, you know, fine as hell, but like, let's... <laughs> true. <laughs> who, uh, who doesn't in this book? <laughs> so true. <laughs> Tom McKay was one of the best-looking boys in the junior class, blonde and clean-cut. He was on the tennis team. He was also a whiz at science and loved any kind of outdoor activity. Biking, camping, boating. He was exactly the kind of guy most girls dreamed about, but he seldom dated. The last girl he'd gone with was Jessica Wakefield, and a few people joked that she had turned him off the female sex forever, having strung him along until someone better came along. Yeah. Tom is the sports guy for the Oracle. He writes sports for the Oracle. That doesn't come up really in this book, which is super weird because this book will drop, name drop the Oracle at any... Even Elizabeth was talking, they were talking about Elizabeth writing something, some last minute deadline for the Oracle. And I was like... She's working on her eyes and ears column, except that there's nothing... Nothing to No gossip. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing. It doesn't work into the story in any other way. (laughs) Elizabeth and Jessica barely factor into the story. (laughs) But so Sandra is... She suggests that... Tom be the person that Jean's 
hooked up with. Right. And even the PBA people are like, I don't know. That seems like that was what was happening in that scene I just read. Mm. Lila was like, oh, that seems hard. Yeah. But Sandy's like pretending to PBA that no, no, it'll be easy. And sure enough, like five minutes later, it's all settled. Like they're going to the dance together because right. it only takes Gene like a few seconds talking to Tom right. to like totally woo yeah. him over. <laughs> yeah. And because all the other PBA girls want Gene and PBA, they're helping too. Yeah. And Sandra can't pretend like she she just doesn't feel comfortable. Op- like le- nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody can know right. how badly she wants to keep Gene out of PBA. Right. I guess we should say that Sandy's mindset is that if Jean is in PBA, they will not be best friends anymore. It's not just the jealousy thing. This is the one thing I have that she doesn't have. But she she says repeatedly that this is what she thinks. Maybe this is just a lie she's telling herself. But I wonder, I never thought that they weren't going to be, well, maybe of her own doing. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think it's logical in any way. No, but this whole thing wasn't logical. <laughs> no, no, it was a terrible idea. Yeah. Especially when we see in poor Jean's head and realize that the whole reason Jean wants to be in PVA is because of Sandy. <laughs> I know, it makes you cry. I know. But before you get too sappy about Jean, right. we'll get we'll get there in a second. Because yeah. um, this, um, this whole drama unspools in that... Sandy is like, well, I have to do by any means. I'm like, Tom is going to go to the dance with Jean. Mm -hmm. Sandy is even livid that it's so easy for Jean to get this date, which I can understand. Right. Naturally. Um, Because everything's easy for her. Yeah. Yeah. But. (sighs) But here's the messy part. Yeah. This is like real, real mess. You do not. You got to do stuff that you can cover your tracks with. So she goes. Apparently Tom works at a tennis shop, right? Called the tennis shop. (laughs) Creative. <laughs> this is something we're noticing in Sweet Valley as the right. show goes on that stuff is named after what they sell. There. Right, Francie Pascal, right to the point. <laughs> um, so she goes to the tennis shop and essentially tells him that it is part of the I don't know what you call it initiation process that the girls have to get a guy to go. So basically, he's a project. So then, because he's so sensitive, he gets upset. And then this whole thing unfolds, right? Right, right. And Sandy, like, sh- her idea is that she's going to drop some subtle hints. Right. It, how subtle, But though? she's so awkward <laughs> right. about it that Tom knows that she's, that's clearly there, that's what she's there to do. Right. And then Tom is like, Sandy, Jean is going to wish that she never messed with this guy. Right. <laughs> and he, he does it really dirty. Like, mm-hmm. he... I mean, I part of me is kind of rooting for him. Cause a little bit. I was like, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, these bitches. You know, like... Because when you think about it, I mean, like, it is a little jacked up. Yeah, it is definitely. Especially for somebody who was interested in her, felt like she snubbed him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's like this 180. So, I mean, it is a little messed up. <laughs> I do have this sense of Thomas being like the one guy in Sweet Valley who's like on to these girls. Yeah. And, and they're scheming. <laughs> and like they keep he's messing with them. <laughs> it, it's actually really clever. Late, a little bit later on in the book, Tom has this whole mindset where he thinks that he's falling in love Mm -hmm. with this girl, Mm -hmm. with Jean. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but we'll get there. He thinks he's falling in love with her, but he wants to make sure that they are compatible before he lets himself fall all the way. And I was just like, that's a really clever strategy. Yeah, right. I wish that I wish I could employ that. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't always work that no, way. No, never. No. <laughs> but yeah, so Tom calls like call tells Jean to be ready early. Right. Then he 
Um, does He doesn't show up early. Then he calls to say he fell asleep after practice. He's so sorry. She'll have to grab something to eat on her own, but he'll be there soon. He'll be there at nine or something. The party starts at nine, right. so they're late. Then it's 9.30 and he calls again. And by this time the girls are calling, right? Aren't the girls yeah. calling her trying to figure out like, yeah. where she is? Yeah. Yeah. Because if she doesn't show up to this party with this date, she is not in PBA. Exactly. So then Tom calls again and tells Jean that he got food poisoning and is in the emergency room. The disrespect. <laughs> yeah. And so Jean is upset. You know, Jean was was kind of kind of toying with the idea of being interested in Tom, maybe. Right. right. But she wants to be in PBA, right. too. And so she goes to the party. She says, explains what happened. Tom is so sick. And Sandy is like, oh, fuck, my plan, if they if they have pity on her, my plan fails. Right. So she says, oh, that sounds like a line. Like, you better call the hospital and uh, and find out for sure if he's there. Which is, this is why sometimes, like, I will believe a lot of dumb shit about a book. <laughs> but I was like, oh, you're going to call the hospital and just ask about information about a patient that is going to give it to you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's, and there's some funny business with yeah. the hospital where it's like, Mikhail? Uh, Mikhail? Like, oh, no, there's nobody by Mikhail or McKay here. Uh, so it turns out he's lying. Right. Jean is livid. But the girls are like, the other PBA girls are like, oh, that dog. Like, well, maybe it's okay. Like, well, maybe we'll, we'll come up. Oh, oh, no, Jean comes up with this whole scheme. This whole scheme. Yeah. Right. Well, okay, but this is what's weird. This is where I'm like, wait a second. Because what was Sandy hoping to accomplish? Yeah, because what happens is Jean comes up with this scheme. She's like, we're going to make Tom regret he ever messed with me, Jean right. West. Like, right. we're going to fuck with him. We're going to give him a dose of his own medicine. And what if at this Friday the 13th dance that's coming up right. in a week, because there's always a dance. <laughs> and Friday the 13th is also Jean's birthday. Right. Like, I'm supposed... So Jean and Dana Larson are supposed to start the dancing by... Like, because it's their special their date, day. Right? Yeah, yeah, but, like, inviting a boy up to dance with them. And, like, what if I get him to fall back, fall in love with me, and then I am up at the dance, and I call somebody else's name, even though right. he's my date, and he'll be so embarrassed. It's very convoluted. Yeah. The whole thing about, like, we'll get these two girls to start the dance right. feels weird. Why, Dana? Was it both of their birthdays? <laughs> <Yes>, like, <so. laughs> They do say in the book, they're like, these, they're both Friday the 13th babies. I think I'm, we'll read that part when okay. we get to it. But Sandy, this is what you're talking about. Right. She's like, I don't think that's fair. Right. Right. <laughs> you want to read that part? The, um, the, the, so, the Sandra cleared her throat part? Okay. So Sandra cleared her throat. That isn't fair, she said quietly. Everyone stared. What do you mean? Lila demanded, irritated. A rule's a rule, Sandra said. It isn't fair to let Jeannie off when all the other pledges had to do it. Jean's eyes blazed. Sandy Bacon, how dare you say something like that, she cried. You're supposed to be my best friend. Yeah, it's so she gets she gets real pissed yeah. like right off the bat, which I I was actually kind of surprised at how quickly Jean saw through Sandy, like saw that Sandy not saw through her, but like she jumped straight to this is a betrayal. Yes, yes. you know, which yes. it was, but I just wait. I just feel like that's so weird. I thought this happened later on in the book. No, yeah, okay. it's 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 here. It is. Yeah, they're like. They're at this party, and what, what happens, though, is that... Oh, that, you're right. That's... Uh, yep. Okay. <laughs> Something else happens later on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, San, so Jean and Sandy now aren't talking to each other. Right. So Sandy's... All Sandy's worries about 
not being friends with Gene anymore have come true. Right. And Sandy's like, well, fuck, I really screwed up. Right. Now she's starting to feel bad about everything. So that's good for you, Sandy. Right. That you're starting to feel bad about your treacherous bullshit. Yeah, but then, and then I feel like she starts to figure, she starts to try and find, like, ways to atone. Yeah. Right? But she spent, I think, and then she spends, like, basically the rest of the <laughs> yeah, well, she trying to make up for it. She apologizes to Jean, but she also lies again to Jean right. to cover her ass. Right. And the lie, she's kind of dabbled in earlier. Oh, saying, like, oh, I can't take special treatment on you. She tells her that all of the PBAs have really been coming down coming on down hard on her yeah. because, and you don't know what it's like yeah. um, behind, you know, behind the scenes. You'll see once you're really in PBA. Right. But they're being really hard on me thinking that I'm giving you special treatment. Right. And Jean knows that that sounds like bullshit, but she wants to believe it. Right. Because it's her best friend. Right. Meanwhile, now Jean is trying to seduce Tom. Tom, and it's working. It's working, but then also she's falling for him. Yeah. But wait, I just love the whole thing where... <laughs> I love the whole thing where she's, like, really laying it on thick. Yeah. And then he... Oh, oh the best part, the best <laughs> yes, part is yes. the first thing she does. Is the, I actually love this. Like when she goes to his house, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she says something like... Uh, she says something like, "Nothing. there's nothing like kindness to teach somebody a lesson. Yes. Something like so, that. So like, she shows up at his door, and she's like, you should be in bed. She makes <laughs> a care package that has special tummy tea yes. in it. And she, it has a Sports Illustrated. Yeah. It's like genuinely sweet. Yeah. And Tom is like, oh, Holy fuck, crap. I misread this. Yes, yes. Um, but then he's so touched and thinking he has misread the situation, which right. he hadn't, actually. Right. But... Because uh, she is playing him at this point. Yeah. That he starts, like, he plans a picnic for her. And the book is, like, faking us out a little bit a few times, mm-hmm. making us think, like, oh, this isn't the kind of thing that Jean normally likes. Right. But then Jean is won over, so mm-hmm. she realizes all the more that she's, like, falling for Tom. Right. And then she's like, crap, I can't, I can't follow through with this whole plan. Yeah. And then she herself, she's like, I can't be in PBA because I'm not going to do this to Tom. She tells that, she tells um, Sandra that, right? Like, I don't think she tells anybody that. I think she's just, like, in her head, she's like, I'm not doing this. Okay. And she's like, and and the girls are telling, I think the girls are, like, noticing that there's a little bit something weird going on. They're like, are you sure you're going to be able to do this? And she's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. I got this. Yeah. But all the while, she's like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. She's not, she's just going to not be in PBA. Right. She'd rather do the right thing. And then you're like, okay, Jean, you were also a a heinous bitch, but now (laughs) I'm starting to come around. Everybody is bad. Everybody, everybody's telling jealous. Everybody's messed up. But, But, and and you know what I think would have like redeemed all of them? Because I don't even think Jeannie ends up telling Tom anything. That's a period. (laughs) That's kind of what I was thinking of when I wrote the intro thing is that, Nobody really fully confesses all the right, shit that they did. Right. Only Jeannie, because Sandy gets caught out. Yeah. But, like, only Sandy. Yeah. Jeannie never tells Tom. And Sandy never tells Jean or anybody that she was lying about the fact that the PBAs were putting on the pressure. Right, right. She only confesses that she was she was jealous and, and did some, and told Tom, or dropped a hint. Actually, she never even said that. Tom. Tom was the one that told Jeannie, like, oh, Sandy came in and... Oh, yeah. That's when Jeannie got hella pissed. She's like, stay the hell away from me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we didn't tell, we didn't, well, okay. now we just did tell them okay, that. Right. But yeah, that does happen. So yeah. Tom, Tom and Jean are getting close. Mm-hmm. And and when Tom, like, Jean, Jean actually does come clean to Tom, I guess, that that was the original reason for their date. Oh, okay. But she doesn't tell Tom that she was going to, tr- she does not confess to him that she, the scheme oh, okay. about what was planned for the Friday the 13th. Okay, dance. okay, okay. 
uh, gladiators, are you keeping up with all of this? Because there's a lot of lying going on and a lot of not confessing and a I little guess that's bit why of confessing. Jealous lies is a pretty yeah. apt name for the yeah, book. Yeah, right. Um, well, we can take a pivot for a second if you want and talk about the other lying that's happening in this book. Are you talking about Steve? Yeah, I'm talking okay. about Steve. Okay. Steve. Stephen Wakefield. Stephen Come Wakefield, on. who is a spitting image of his father. Yeah. Um, you know what kind of weirds me out about. <laughs> Whenever we start talking about, like, the looks in this family, yeah, like, they are, oh, first of all, I guess, like, everybody looks like each other, yeah, right? But there's, like, this moment in the book where, where Jessica's, like, looking at Steven, and she's, like, like, awed by how, like, good-looking he is, yeah. and I was like, yo, bro, gross. <laughs> yeah, I've been just been sitting here nodding my head the whole time, because when you said, do you know what creeps me out about this, I'm like, yeah, I do know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're going to say. It's that, like, all the family members, through their gazes, are, like, sexualizing yeah, each other. Yeah, like, God, we're so damn good looking. And it's, it's even with the dad, too, it's like, oh, he, you know, she Elizabeth realized when she looked at Ned Wakefield that he didn't look anywhere near his I know, age. like, was, cut it out. He didn't, have a, he didn't have a single strand of gray in his right. hair. He looked like Stephen Wakefield's older brother, right. you know? Yeah, everybody looks at their older brother. I can't. Um, but yeah, so Steve <laughs> is what? Like, he's in his first semester? He's 18, whatever. He's at some point in his freshman year of, yeah. of college. And he's dating Kara yeah. Walker. It's okay. relatively new, but they're very much in love. Right. So in love, because they fall in love in, like, two weeks. Yeah. So he comes home, I guess for the fall, winter semester, whatever. He comes home, and he tells his parents that he is dropping out of school, because he wants to be on a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what you do. Yeah. And, um... Naturally, his parents flip a shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can... So, Jessica finds out about this a little bit in advance of right. Stephen's return oh, from Kara. Kara. Tells her, yeah. Kara is crying about it right. because she's she knows it's going to be terrible. Jessica keeps on guessing that they're cheating on each other. Like, oh, is there another woman? Like, oh, well, are you having an affair? And Kara's like, Jessica, there's other things that can go wrong in a relationship. So, she says, well, Kara said, looking unhappy, Apparently, Steve's roommate, Bob's father, owns an ocean liner, one of those ships used for cruises. Every few months, the ship goes from L.A. to the Far East and then to Europe. Anyway, Bob decided to leave school to work for his dad, and he's convinced Steve to quit college and go along. Wow, Jessica said, her eyes shining. I think it sounds great, Kara. Ocean liners are so romantic. Maybe you can stow away and creep out on the upper deck when you're smack in the middle of the ocean, like on Love Boat. What the actual wool fuck? <laughs> First of all, Bob's father has an ocean liner. <laughs> like, casual. Okay, like you do. Also, how weird was it to read this book from the mid-80s and have them constantly referring to the Far East? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, the, the like, country of China gets name-dropped, like, once? In this book, but generally speaking, they refer to it as the Far, Far East, East over and right. over and over again. Like, no more specificity than I, that. I don't like, understand. Are you going to Japan? Are you going to right. Cambodia? Right. And then Jessica being the fucking drama queen that she is. That's so romantic. You know what I thought was so... Um, romantic? No. <laughs> like, unbelievable was that she was able to keep it a secret yeah. for as long as she was. I was like, there's no way. Jessica's a gossip. Yeah. But she did. She kept it a secret. And so, yeah, Steve comes home, tells his parents. They flip out. Yeah. And now getting to the lying part. Right. The lying thing is that obviously your parents tell you, no, 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 no. So he digs his heels and he's like, I'm going. You can't tell me what to do. So then I think it's Elizabeth, which again is so unbelievable. Elizabeth's like, no, let's 
let's go along with it. Let's make him think that we agree with it and we support him and he will, maybe he'll change his mind. They even reference something that happened in an earlier book. Like, mom and dad, remember how when you wanted to move to San Francisco, Jessica and I waged this campaign of, and I was like, okay, so you guys can just do that exact same plot again for this book? But I thought it was funny that Alice is like, yeah, I remember that, but that's not why we didn't go. <laughs> and um which I thought was a good a good point. But Elizabeth's like, let's do that again, only this time with reverse psychology. Right. So and they all pretend like they're really they think it's a great idea. Right. And they and, get but him- the parents the parents. I was like, this is why it's like, no, you act like your children and you look like your children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Girl, like, really? <laughs> yeah, they all agree. The, the parents are maybe the least encouraging. Well, the mom, I think, is the least. The dad's like, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> so Elizabeth basically thinks that Stephen is trying to assert his adulthood. Right. And... I, apparently she's right. I thought maybe this is going to blow up in their faces. Right. I was hoping that maybe it would because it's so conniving. Yeah. <laughs> but the biggest thing is that Kara, who we know is heartbroken, right. is agreed to be in on this plan. Right. And when Stephen like talks with her about it, she's like, you know what? If you think it's, a, it's such a good idea, I, I, it sounds like so much fun. It'll be a great time. I thought that was going to be the giveaway because she was so yeah. distraught. And then all of a sudden she's talking about, well, we're just going to have to date other people. And it's just yeah. going to be like, she's like, I'll like, be sorry to break up with you, but I guess that's how it is. And she's like, whoa, 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 we're breaking up. And then Kara has an excellent point. She's like, well, you're going to be gone for eight to nine months at a time. Well, you want me to just sit around and wait for you? And he was like, well, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I thought you'd care a little more. And she's like, well, you didn't care enough to ask me that what I was thought. The, that was I the know. big thing. I was like, you go ahead, yeah. girl. Because he didn't. He right. was like, I'm leaving. I kind of want to be like, Carrie, you go ahead and break up with him, like you're saying. Because, I mean, and Stephen, once he hears it out loud, realizes, like, he has a thought. At one point, the book points out that he thinks something like, oh, yeah, telling Kara that I was doing this is not as the same as asking exactly, what she thought of it. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Like, and then just, the more practical points, like, how am I going to afford it? And health insurance and all the practical shit yeah. that, like, 18-year-olds don't think of. Yeah. So, so. Stephen realizes he doesn't really want to do it. Right. Meanwhile, the twins have planned a party to like a bon voyage party. As- so that was supposed to be the the 13th party and they right isn't that the 13th party? I think it's party? a different party. Oh, it's a different this party. Is like at at their house. Oh okay. They so invite everybody to- over it's a surprise what party. Was it, what was the party supposed to be though? I I think that the whole time it was it was like gonna, a welcome home. I guess it was oh. going to be a welcome home, and they turn it into a bon voyage. Oh, okay, I don't know why they have to throw him a welcome home. And right, party he was they, gone for like what two months, and like, also he goes to a Sweet Valley College. Right, like, it's, it's like two seconds away. <laughs> relax, but yeah, yeah. So they ha- the idea is that they're going to have this party that will be like the final straw if we haven't sold him yet. If yeah. we haven't like undone reverse psychology himself into thinking that he actually doesn't really want to do this, right? Um. And so they do the party, he yeah. shows up, and he just is like, I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> you guys don't care. <laughs> and then they they turn around the sign, and they're like, welcome home, Steven. Right. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you guys. <laughs> and everybody's like, ha, ha, ha. We've all been lying to you. Lying. It's so ridiculous. We organized a grand lie scheme for you, and then just to, just to fuck with you. Surprise, it's a prank. It's fun. And he's just like, oh, I want to eat a sandwich now. I'm oh, hungry. shucks. <laughs> I love it. It's actually like a really stupid like subplot, but uh, it's very stupid. Yeah, yeah. It is fun. It was kind of fun, yeah. I guess. And yeah. just gave Jessica and Elizabeth something to do, right? Because and it it it's true because I feel like even when Jessica and Elizabeth aren't like the main 
characters, they still have like a lot to do with what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they literally had almost nothing to do with anything in this yeah. book. Yeah. They yeah. really do. I mean, even there's actually a moment where <laughs> Elizabeth thinks that she would intervene if only she knew Jean West better. Yeah. Which is, I call bullshit on that, because Elizabeth <laughs> does not need to know anybody. And then Sandra shows up in the Oracle office. So that's what I was going to say, is, like, Sandra, um, when she was trying to, like, basically atone for what she was doing, I, didn't she go to the Oracle to basically put in, like, a tip? Like, is that what she was going to do? That's what I think she was trying to I, do. Because why else she, ends she up not. She ends up not... Ha- I, th- I think that she was going to see Mr. Collins... Which oh. brings us to a segment of the podcast we call oh, Collins sexy Watch. Mr. Collins. Yeah. <laughs> Collins Watch 2019. <laughs> um, so this is actually a good one because Mr. Collins, normally I'm on the, uh, I'm on a mission to prove Mr. Collins is above reproach. Right. However, the book sexualized him so hard. Dude. But here's one where it is a little bit like, oh, Mr. Collins, oh, Roger, oh, you, what are you getting at? So I'm going to jump a paragraph here, but we'll, um, Mr. Collins was one of her favorite teachers. Young and handsome, he resembled Robert Redford. He was a demanding teacher, but made the subject come alive. Outside of class, he was a great listener and had a wonderful shoulder to cry on. Hey, Mr. Collins said, sitting down on the edge of his desk and crossing his arms. I have the distinct impression something's bugging you. Sandra's eyes filled with tears. Mr. Collins, she said suddenly, suppose you'd done something rotten, I mean really rotten, to someone you care a lot about. You probably never would, but just suppose you had. What would you do about it? Hmm, Mr. Collins said, his blue eyes thoughtful. Well, in the first place, Sandy, don't be so quick to assume I don't know how you feel. I have done some rotten things to people I love in the past. <laughs> and since I'm human, something tells me I might again. Ugh, gross, dude. <laughs> I don't know why this stuff is like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, something tells me I might do something rotten again. Sandra. Gross. I don't know. Like, when she's, say, when she's like, he's one of her favorite teachers, and then he's like, and then the book's like, he's handsome. Is that why? <laughs> yeah, and that's the first thing that everybody says. Like, the book always goes with the fact that he was the most handsome teacher in, in the school was one of the reasons he was everybody's favorite. Right. But also, but not the only reason. Right. He was also smart. <laughs> yeah. And, weird. I mean, in Mr. Collins' defense, he goes on to give very solid advice that's right. like, maybe if you tell this person the truth before she finds it out, right. or before they find it out, right. you will be um, okay. Right. But... That's not what happens. Right. Instead, uh, Elizabeth doesn't intervene at all. Right. (laughs) And the Friday the 13th party happens. Yeah. But Tom tells Jeannie before the Friday the 13th party. And she holds it in. Yeah. She does not. She can barely look at Sandra, but she doesn't Doesn't confront Sandra. So then the whole thing happens. She gets on the stage. Yeah. Right? Let me read that part. Not so much because I think the listeners really need to understand this section in order to, like, get the the book. But mm-hmm. because, damn, I can't believe this is, this is no, like, normal in high school. <laughs> it's so stressful to me. And I am a very – I'm, like, a gregarious person. But the idea of this makes me nervous. <laughs> okay. So Caroline Pierce is – She's got a microphone. She's at this party, which this Friday the 13th party is, like, all decked out with, like, black cat decorations. And it's supposed to be spooky. Right. But it's not Halloween. It's just an unlucky holiday. God forbid you're actually superstitious. You wouldn't go anywhere near this party. (laughs) Um, Okay. 
Dana and Jeannie are both Friday the 13th babies, Caroline explained. They are both celebrating their birthdays today, so tonight we're honoring them. And they're honoring us by choosing partners and starting off the spookiest dance in Sweet Valley history. Everyone cheered wildly. Jean could see a knot of Pi Betas standing in front of the crowd. They were watching her expectantly. And when she caught Lila's eye, Lila gave her the victory sign. Jean bit her lip and looked away. Dana, you start, Caroline instructed. A fast-paced dance record was put on in place of the eerie music, and Dana took the mic from Caroline and said, Jerry Novak, in a loud, (laughs) clear voice. Everyone cheered. Dana was the lead singer for the droids, Sweet Valley High's own rock band, and Jerry was her latest boyfriend. Okay, Jeannie, Caroline said, passing her the mic. Suddenly, Jean felt dizzy. She could see the expectant smiles on the Pi Beta's faces. Across the circle, she could see Tom looking at her with a mixture of confusion, nervousness, and affection. Then her gaze picked out the face she had been looking for. Sandra was standing just to the side of the other sorority girls. Her face was pale, and her eyes were very big as she stared at Jean. Jean looked straight at her, and a dozen conflicting thoughts went through her mind. She couldn't really sort out what she was thinking, but she knew what she was feeling. She was feeling affection. Affection more intense than any she had ever known before. Love, Jean thought with a lump in her throat, is the only thing that matters. Tom McKay, she said into the <laughs> microphone. A gasp came from the corner where the Pi Betas were standing, but she ignored it. She moved forward across the dance floor, and Tom met her halfway, taking her into his arms, a smile on his face that made her eyes swim with tears. Give me a whole break. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but just the whole, like, I, I can picture it, like, Dana yeah. with the microphone. I know, He's right? like, Sherry, what's his name? I can't, I can't Novak. Sherry Novak. Like, okay, Dana. <laughs> like, Relax. But, yeah, what, like, we're honoring them by, it's such yeah. a weird thought, like, by putting them on the spot in this weird way. I mean, they both agreed to do it. Right. Anyway, all the pi- betas are like, um... Well, fuck that then. Yeah. <laughs> like, she didn't do it. She chickened out. Right. But then, they're still, they still want to let her in. Because San- Well, Sandra is like, you guys don't understand. It's not her fault. It's my fault. Is that what? I think I'm screwing up. Like, <laughs> misremembering what happened. Yeah, I think I'm like... Oh, yeah, no. Well, no. She, but she doesn't confess to Jean. Right. She tells the Pi Betas that it was all her fault because she was messing with them, but she's not very specific. Yeah. And then... Then they go off in the corner and, like, consult, yeah. right? And, and then her and Jeannie have, like, this little moment, yeah. right? And Sandy also says, kick me out and right. take her in my place. So she's trying to sacrifice herself. Yeah. So it really, like, hammers home her point. Yeah. That, like, Jean... It's not, it's not just I want to be in this club with my friend. Yeah. Like, I fucked up. Yeah. So it's very selfless, and I was, like, so pissed off at the book for, like, making me care about these bitches. <laughs> that, was how, that was the feeling I was having. Yeah. Like, why, don't make me forgive them. They suck. They do. They, like, at the, and I didn't. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad. I'm glad one of us did. I legitimately did not. I was like, nah, y'all all can get the smoke. You guys all suck. <laughs> well, the only person, the only person that I was like, you're justified in everything that you did is Tom McKay. It does make me wish that they, there was a book about some other people in this high school other than these mean girls, you know? <laughs> well, there is. I mean. 
I mean, like the series in general. Like these are our people. Like right. the, this is these are our characters yeah. week after week. Is right. These these but isn't girls it's and like, boys. Um, what's like a a show these days that uh, it's like um, Gossip Girl. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's like the '80s version of Gossip Girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. So I mean, like then it's over. Like happy ending. Yeah. And right. oh, like, because the pie beta's agree that everybody can be in the club. Everybody can be in the club, and everybody's happy, and that's the yeah. end of that. And but, but what was weird is that it doesn't really change anything, right? Sandra still feels frumpy. Yeah, Jeannie's still going to be like overshadowing her. Yeah, and the only thing that changed is that Jeannie said that she wants to be in the club because she loves her so much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nothing really gets resolved. I mean, Jeannie still gets whatever she wants in the end, and Sandy is still kind of like. Yeah. Mm. At least they've like told each other a little bit of the truth, at least about the jealousy, right? So that maybe maybe they work on that. Yeah, but then the end of the book. Oh, they bring up the. Oh my god. This is the po- part of the podcast where we talk about boys. Oh, boys. Okay. Who's a beautiful boys? A beautiful boys. I'm in danger of losing my head. Oh, sorry. I'm not very happy because I'm not thrilled about the uh, turn that the books are about to take. Why? Cuz I am totally shipped Todd and Elizabeth. <laughs> Todd and Elizabeth. And Jeffrey French has okay, entered Jeffrey, the picture. I, rem- I, I like, know the name Jeffrey French. Does he have, like, a really sordid past? I don't think so. Okay, because I know the name, but I can't remember. What happens is that Jeffrey French, I mean, spoiler alert, gladiators, because this isn't going to happen right away, but pretty soon Jeffrey French and Elizabeth right. are going to be a thing. Right, but Enid is totally, like, into him, right? And they're, like, best friends. Yeah, and okay. apparently some other stuff is going to happen. We'll We'll tease the ending, but, like... The, we might, we'll give Jeffrey French his moment. I can't, just because I am not thrilled <laughs> with Jeffrey French as a character doesn't mean we can't give him his sexy dues. <laughs> okay, so Enid is like, hey, Liz, who's that guy with Aaron Dallas? And Jessica, Elizabeth doesn't know, but she's like, Jessica will know. And she does. So she says, of course I know who he is. His name is Jeffrey French. He's new. He just moved here from Oregon. And he's starting school on Monday. He's a junior. He and Aaron met at some soccer camp in Northern California last summer. And he's, whoa, Elizabeth cried laughing. See what I mean? She added to Enid, you ask Jessica who someone is. And she gives you its whole life story. And Enid is like, "Mm," like staring after him, like so sexy. But then we also get a description of just how sexy he is at the very end of the book. So he comes to the door with Aaron at, to this party that they're having for Stephen. Elizabeth says, welcome to Sweet Valley. Thanks, Jeffrey <laughs> said. His voice was surprisingly low and warm. And Elizabeth decided then and there that she liked him. Believe me, I feel welcome already, <laughs> Jeffrey added. The Dallases have been unbelievably nice to me. Aaron's been showing me around. We met at soccer camp last summer, and poor guy, he never suspected I'd show up in town one day, taking him up on his offer to give me the grand tour. That's all. <laughs> Jeffrey has green eyes like every other fucking right. person in this right. town. <laughs> I get the feeling that he has green eyes and blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Jeffrey French. Any other boys you want to talk about? Jerry Novak? Jerry Novak. Who was the guy? I, maybe not. Who was, who was the guy that, like, we talked about this, like, weeks ago when we were talking about it, but, the, like, he's a real dick of a guy. 
Bruce Patman. Yeah. And he's like nowhere to be seen in this book. Yeah. Not he does not appear. He's and doesn't he end up like like turning his life around and yeah. getting really nice? We're currently that's actually why Bruce Patman's not in this book, because he's like out of the picture right now. He's like less interesting to drama right. because he's in this relationship with Regina tomorrow. Is it Regina? She's the one that's sick, right? She's deaf. But not anymore because oh. her hearing got fixed. Who's the one? It was Trish. That's the one. That's oh, really Trisha sick. Martin. Yeah, yes. that's Stephen Wakefield's uh, deceased. Oh, girlfriend. she did die. <laughs> she did die. She she's dead. Oh no, <laughs> she died. Oh, yeah. I'm trying Trisha. to think who else that I knew who was like Winston Egbert is. <laughs> he's, he's like he's the funny duddy one, yeah, right? He's yeah. like throwing paper airplanes <laughs> at girls that have like love notes, but he just like throw them at anybody and any girl. <laughs> It's like uh, it's hard to it's keep up with the guys. Buddy. It's hard. Yeah, they're they're. This book is mostly girls. Too. Yeah, right. Um, like I don't. I wish I would even know like who are the other pledges. Yeah, who were they taking to the party? But there's right. not a ton nobody of info cares. about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. It's all Tom McKay. But I do think like the next the next book. Yeah, because they they kind of tease it a little bit where they're talking about um, Lila. Yeah, is well, the one that's super interested in Jeffrey. Well, you want to tease the audience for the next book if you would wouldn't mind yeah. reading this uh, teaser. So it says Enid has stiff competition for Jeffrey French's attention. None other than Lila Fowler. Jessica and Elizabeth enter the hottest matchmaking duel ever in Sweet Valley High, number thirty-one, taking sides. So then Elizabeth is trying to get Enid with Jeffrey. Jessica's yeah. trying to get Lila with Jeffrey. And Jeffrey doesn't want anybody with Elizabeth. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I like, laid eyes on the name Jeffrey French in this book, and I was like, oh, it begins. Really? You didn't like but, him at all, period? Well, that's what I thought to the, today when yeah. I was reading this book. Yeah. But then it got to this teaser, and I was like, oh, I'm actually excited for that book. Right. I don't remember reading right. that. I did read it, but right. I don't remember it. Yeah. This is going to be good. Yeah, because then what's weird to me is that Elizabeth is so, like over everything that happens in high school but she's also so in it yeah like she is in pba is she a cheerleader too no no um like she's in all of it because i guess her sister's in it but she's so over it and then i imagine this whole thing is just going to make her and lila even more like at odds with each other yeah yeah well and (laughs) elizabeth and and enid against jessica and lila it's gonna be like because lila's rich as hell yeah right and enid i assume is just like Sandy, right? And Jessica is no fan of Enid's. Right. So it's, I, I'm like kind of excited about it. Yeah. Uh, the drama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sherelle, thank you so much. Yes. This has been so much fun. Yes, my pleasure. Um, we'll have to have you back again, mm-hmm. if there's, especially if there's ever more Sandra Bacon and uh, <laughs> Gene West drama. I yes. don't know. I think one of them falls in love with uh, somebody from the wrong side of the tracks or something. What? Jeannie doesn't stay with Tom McKay? Oh, good. Maybe, maybe there's a book in the future about their, like, trouble in paradise? I don't know. I'm just making it up now. Yeah. But I th- one of them, I think, has some sort of romance book in the near future. Okay. But it might be... Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm thinking about which book it might be, and I'm... I don't know what we're going to do. When well, we have, like, 165 one. more, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we'll continue this conversation next week. Definitely. On, uh extra drama yes uh in the meantime listeners uh thank you so much for bearing with us through this uh brief 
technical issue thing that happened. Um, and tune in next week for extra drama, of course. And then I will give you updates. Uh, we'll be on hiatus for a little while, but of course, um, we'll have some special surprises in the meantime. I would love for you to take the break to, you know, uh, in the spirit of like what you did on your summer vacation, maybe write a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or just tell your friends, or write me a letter, sweetvalleydiaries at me.com or, uh, you know, whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> this is so much fun. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Sherelle. Thank you. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, podcast listeners cannot see, but uh, I mean, hope maybe they can see in real life, but <laughs> but they can't see me doing the air quotes right, right. now.